Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where normally I fact check and investigate episodes of the Joe Rogan experience. I take an episode of JRE and I talk about all the things that were incorrect, but today I'm taking a, a step back and looking at Spotify and ratings. Those are the two big things that I want to talk about today. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but JRE has been in the news a lot recently. Maybe you're unaware, but this is probably, in fact, it is certainly the most heat JRE has ever gotten. Because the JRE forums no longer exist, I believe that the Joe Rogan subreddit is the largest place for Joe Rogan discussion, outside of Twitter, that is. Reddit is basically the closest thing to a forum that is actually relevant in modern internet times. Recently, the top post on this subreddit was a video that basically claimed that Spotify is owned by China and that JRE is a Chinese psyop to create a political discord in America. I'm pretty sure that the video was a joke. I'll put it, I'll put it in the description. It contained a lot of stool-humping clips. But nevertheless, a lot of people seemed to take it pretty seriously. And I do think there are people out there who think Spotify and the Joe Rogan experience are run by the Chinese government, more or less. And as funny as that would be, in fact, I would actually prefer it if that were true because of how funny it would be. But it's not really the case. So who does actually own Spotify? Well, the not-so-shocking answer is that the biggest shareholder is Swedish CEO Daniel Ek. He owns 18% of the shares, and he's one of the founders of Spotify as well. He has a pretty tame public profile, and it seems like not too much is really known about his personal life. The only really political thing he's ever done that's not related to JRE is writing a letter to the Swedish government that basically said taxes are too high and we might have to move Spotify somewhere else because of this. It kind of reminds me of a certain other person who most likely moved for tax purposes. I'm sure we all know who I'm talking about. Ek is the face of the company and has directly addressed the JRE question at Spotify company town hall meetings. I didn't even know the companies had town hall meetings until I was reading about this. Personally, if I was a CEO of a large company like Spotify, I would not deal with this. Maybe I would have occasional whippings or mass punishments of some kind, but I would not have town hall meetings where I I go and take questions from my slaves. I wouldn't even look at my employees, let alone have these sorts of big events. But I guess, you know, tech people, they're into this sort of thing. They want to, you know, have this illusion that it's like a big, just a big, fun, bouncy castle. Eck apparently does this sort of thing. And at the most recent town hall, he talked about JRE. He said that Spotify is now the biggest podcast app in the U.S., and that, quote, had we not made some of the choices we did, I'm confident that our business wouldn't be where it is today. Essentially, he said that Jerry is a big deal for Spotify at this meeting. He also said, quote, 
I understand the premise that because we have an exclusive deal with him, it's really easy to conclude we endorse every word he says and believe the opinions expressed by his guests. That's absolutely not the case. Spotify doesn't fit neatly into just one category. We're defining an entirely new space of tech and media. We're a very different kind of company, and the rules of the road are being written as we innovate. So according to Eck, Spotify is more like a platform than an editor. At this town hall, he said that he personally disagrees with Rogan on a lot of things, which I don't doubt. I do doubt, however, that Spotify is an entirely new space of tech and media. What does that even mean? You host music. It's a website for streaming audio files. (laughs) I fail to see... What about Spotify's innovative and new space? I think this is just corporate jargon for the sake of sounding bold or whatever. That or Eck is some sort of delusional egomaniac who actually buys into his own spiel. Entirely new space of tech. I would say, if anything, they are behind the game. There's still no real way to subscribe to artists. You can follow people, but their new stuff doesn't show up anymore. This is my biggest gripe with the Spotify UI, which I believe I have mentioned before. But anyway, the most important thing he said at this town hall is this. We can't write new or different policies based on news cycles or calls from individuals. If that was the case, what creator would ever trust us? And that means biasing towards and standing by creators. And that means including enabling their ability to be alternative or even controversial, because that's usually what important creators are. And this is about far more than just one voice. And to that very point, I want to remind everyone of our mission. We want to get to 50 million creators and a billion users. And to be a true platform and achieve this ambition, it's really critical that creators are able to use their voice independently. And it's also critical that we have diverse voices on our platform. It's interesting to note how he doesn't really put this into political terms. He pretty much openly says that his goal is to become as as big as possible. And this is just part of that plan. I bet he's secretly enjoying all of this controversy since it's only bringing more attention to Spotify. Unless some sort of genuine boycott movement emerges this will probably make Spotify more money in the long term. He really just seems like a businessman at heart, not a political sort of guy. The other co-founder of Spotify, Sven Hans Martin Lorenzen, is the next biggest owner. He owns 12% of total shares. There's a bit more to be learned about this guy on the internet, and he has more involvement in politics. He's been criticized in the past for moving Spotify money around in offshore tax havens. Um, Again, Rogan (laughs) comes to mind. He's also worked with the Swedish Moderate Party, which an American such as myself would call conservative politics in Sweden. Talk about lower taxes, free market, that type of thing. Obviously, that all means different things in Sweden than it does in America. Um, but if, you, if you're going to label it, that's, that's what it seems like it would be. So he's kind of a conservative guy by Swedish standards. But it's not, it's not like there's anything crazy going on here, as far as I could find about this guy. 
The next biggest owner is Bailey Gifford, Scottish investment management firm. They own 11% of the shares. Again, pretty boring. Not much going on here, at least I could find. Probably no lizard people or anything like that. Then you've got the investment bank Morgan Stanley that owns 9% of the shares. And then the next one is the big one. Tencent. Tencent also owns 9% of the shares. Tencent is a Chinese company run by Ma Huateng, a.k.a. Pony Ma, which is his nickname because of the English translation of his family name Ma means horse. Tencent is involved in what I consider to be the most nefarious thing China has ever done, much worse than the Orwellian surveillance system, worse than the social credit scores, worse than the annexation of Hong Kong, worse than disappearing journalists, worse than the Uyghur concentration camps, and I'm talking, of course, about League of Legends. Tencent owns League of Legends, which has been a disaster for the American population. People like to talk about, you know, Russian infiltration, communists, operations. Um, I I don't think anything has done even close to the amount of damage League of Legends has, uh, for American men in particular. Now, Tencent also made a mobile game called Clap for Xi Jinping, an awesome speech, where you have to tap the screen as many times as you can in 19 seconds to generate clapping for Xi Jinping. That is not, that's not a bit. I'm not making that up. (laughs) That is a real game that Tencent made. And I like to think that League of Legends is basically that. That, that is basically the same thing as League of Legends, only with uh, more simplified mechanics. And of course, League of Legends also has cartoon waifus uh, thrown in to distract you. Like that show, um, Arcane. It has Arcane in it to, to throw people off the scent. Pony Ma. Pony Boy is also a deputy to the 5th Shenzhen Municipal People's Congress and served in the 12th National People's Congress. So you might as well just say that 9% of Spotify is owned by the Chinese government. That's pretty much true. So the conspiracy here is, of course, that this means JRE is now a Chinese PSYOP. Is this true? Are we all being tricked by China? Should I join the military so I can get my revenge during World War III? Was H.R. McMaster right about everything? I kind of doubt it. The two Swedish founders are the ones running the show, really. If anything, Jerry is a Swedish psyop. If Pony Ma was really running things, I highly doubt he would approve of the H.R. McMaster episode in particular, along with most other JRE content. It's not like uh, Joe Rogan is some sort of Chinese shill, um, although that would be funny if he if he suddenly went in that direction. I think the only guest uh, Pony Ma would approve of would be Abby Martin, who you know comes on and talks about how China is good and America is bad. <laughs> I think if he was really calling the shots, every episode would just be Abby Martin. It would pretty much become the Abby Martin experience. The question of who runs Spotify also made me wonder about how big JRE really is. 
seeing JRE in the news also got me thinking about this. Obviously, JRE has been in some major headlines as of late, but almost anyone can make headlines if you say the N-word. So that isn't necessarily indicative of anything. I think even like a C-level celebrity, if they said the N-word in the right context, could probably land themselves some big headlines. That being said, JRE is probably bigger than a lot of people seem to think. Spotify doesn't publish this information for podcasts, but there was a chart going around that said JRE averages 11 million listeners per episode. I saw it on the Joe Rogan subreddit. I saw it on Twitter. It was a whole thing. If JRE really got 11 million downloads per episode, this would make it pretty much the biggest, most mainstream show. For comparison on the chart, there was Tucker Carlson, who is the biggest cable news show and only gets 3 million viewers per episode, which is like nothing. This chart that was going around was created by a Twitter person named Chief Nerd. Chief Nerd said they got this information from a Newsweek article called Joe Rogan Loses Top Spot on Spotify Podcast Charts. This article doesn't say where they're getting this from. The actual origin of this 11 million number is an episode of Jordan Peterson's podcast where Rogan is the guest and he says he gets over 200 million podcast downloads per month. So if there's generally 18 episodes a month, then you've got 11 million per episode. But he said that in 2019, that's when that episode came out, and that was before the move to Spotify. I think, in general, people think that moving to Spotify decreased viewership. And on his most recent appearance on the Tim Dillon show, Rogan said that they lost 50% of their audience in the beginning when they switched to Spotify. But then, in a, a shocking twist, he said everyone came back and now ratings are actually higher. He said the show is bigger than it's ever been. So maybe it's more than 11 million per episode now. He also tells Tim Dillon, by the way, that working with Spotify has been great uh, because he doesn't have to worry about episodes getting pulled. 113 episodes have been pulled <laughs> currently. So essentially, the only things we know about JRE ratings come directly from the mouth of Joe Rogan himself, not Spotify, not Nielsen or whatever. Personally, I think it's most likely true that these are the ratings or something like this. What are the implications of JRE being so popular and so mainstream? What is the point of bringing this up? Well, to be totally honest, I was going to make an episode about uh, Andy Stumpf, but then th there wasn't much to talk about, so that's why I'm talking about this. But personally, I do think it is interesting, and I, I do plan on doing a longer episode at some point in the future about what I think the Joe Rogan experience really is at its core, but I'm still working on it. It's going to be big. It's going to be a big expose. Not really, but, but I think it, it could be interesting. In conclusion, Spotify isn't really controlled by China, but it should be because then Abby Martin would be on more. And if you haven't noticed, I have an intense crush on Abby Martin and would like to see her more. Abby Martin, if you're listening, please come on more. Please come on my show. I want to talk about China. I like China. 
I think they're okay. Anyway, thank you for listening. Next episode will be a normal episode. I'm going to cover the Randall Carlson episode, most likely. And uh, tell your friends about Investigate Joe Rogan. And I will see you next episode.